You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Episode 57, The Paradox. Welcome to The Paradox with your attending, Dr. Eric Larson. He is a practicing anesthesiologist and clinical assistant professor at Michigan State University College of Human Medicine. Listen in as he takes you behind the scenes of what practicing medicine in today's ever-changing world is like with another doctor. The Paradox is a fun and accidentally informative show for physicians, patients, or anyone who has ever found themselves in a waiting room. Welcome to The Paradox. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Larson. Thank you for joining me as we explore the U.S. medical system in a fun and informative format where you can learn about what physicians face through expert analysis. And today's expert is a repeat guest, Dr. Nish Koka. Dr. Koka is a cardiologist in private practice, and he's a co-host of the Akkad and Koka Report. And we're going to discuss an article he'd written recently where he discussed the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women campaign. That was sometime in February, I suppose, where they make the rather interesting claim that heart disease is worse in women than men. As always, you can go to theparadox.com and find the show notes page. It'll be at paradox.com slash 057. There you can also sign up for the email list, but I would suggest you please go to your podcast player, whichever one you tend to use. If you're not yet subscribed, please subscribe to The Paradox. And there you can also leave a rating, but only if it's five stars. (laughs) Thank you again for continued patronage. Thank you for sharing the episode with your friends. The show continues to grow, and I appreciate that tremendously. But without further ado, Dr. Anish Koka and men have heart disease more than women. Really, they do. Enjoy. Anish Koka is a cardiologist in private practice in Philadelphia. He writes frequently, and the piece we'll be discussing today appeared on Quillette.com. I think that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> Dr. Koka is also the co-host of the wildly popular podcast, The Akkad and Koka Report, where he serves as the voice of moderation. <laughs> Dr. Nish Koka, welcome back to The Paradox. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Uh, my pleasure. It, you, I, you were on episode 21. We talked, um, I'm trying to remember what we talked about then. But today... Public, uh, the, the high cost of public reporting. Right, public reporting. It's tough getting middle age. Boy, I tell you, there are things <laughs> that you think you have that was just there and it's suddenly gone. I don't know. I don't think I'm having lacunar strokes. Uh, so what we'd like to talk about today is your last piece. So... If you're not following Dr. Coca on Twitter, you absolutely have to, uh, because there's all kinds of things you're posting and retweeting and stuff. And so I, I get a lot of ideas just from what I'm going to talk about, just from following you. But um, 
why don't you just go in in background in the story you had because basically what it is is as a cardiologist you obviously focus a lot on you know heart uh, heart disease and there was a piece that came out I guess it was the American it was the, not the American cardiology it was some other was it wasn't the ACI, yeah why don't you just go into the the mortality yeah. and heart disease right so I you know it, it's it's been curious um, since I've been in training. Uh, and. I guess since I've been in practice now for the last, you know, 10, 13 years that um, it, it was always kind of drilled home to us as trainees that cardiovascular disease is a much more um, prevalent, is a much more prevalent disease in men. Uh, and then, you know, over the last five years or so, there's been, uh, there's been growing attention paid to cardiovascular disease in women um, with, with good reason, um, you know, Cardiovascular disease doesn't certainly doesn't own the male gender. Um, you know, it's it's the you know the the second leading. Uh, it, it's well, it, depending on how you look at it, and we can talk about that later on. It, yeah. it is you know either number one or number two in terms of um, leading cause of of, of death in in, in women. Um, but I, I've been noticing my interactions with folks uh, kind of changing in terms of talking to uh, patients. Um, I was I was at a you know I was at a bank teller in February and February is go red go red for women month it's something that the AHA it's kind of a um, uh, way to um, bring attention to cardiovascular disease in women so it's February is designated the go red for women month and everyone wears red and red ties and whatnot and that month for some reason I was at the bank uh, and uh, the bank teller said yeah my God you know this cardiovascular disease in women is such a major problem I had no idea it was it was so much worse and women than men and and that you know I mean, because i mean i i don't I'm not, i mean I don't, I don't ordinarily it's like yeah I mean, this is great that we're raising the specter of cardiovascular disease in women so that you know it's appropriately taken care of but when she said that i was like well i mean no it, it is a very big problem in women and i'm glad we're paying attention to it but you know it's really a much 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 bigger problem in men if you look at the absolute rates um and she was surprised and she was like, oh, I've been seeing all this messaging and TV ads and stuff. And I feel that's the case. Then I was at a barbecue later on and uh, at my at my family, uh, with my wife's family. And and I just did a poll and I was like, you know, and I asked everyone sitting around. I was like, so, you know, cardiac disease, bigger problem for men or women? And it was it was amazing. The women all said um, it's a much bigger problem for women. And the, men, and the men said, well, you know, Uncle Bob and... My best friend Joe, and um, you know they have, they have, they have, uh, you know, they they all have, you know, they you know they they all have heart attacks. They've had heart attacks early, and they've died early, and um, and so they leaned on experiences. When I asked the women, and I said, "Well, you know, why, how, why are you saying that?" They were like, "Well, that's that's the that's the we've seen the advertisements, and we've seen stuff on TV, and right, and and so that's what we're seeing." Um, uh, you know, so we think, but but if you ask him their personal anecdotes, they certainly said that no, yeah, I mean it's right. I mean they had the same anecdotes that their husbands and their brothers or whatnot had. That there was everyone they could think of who had heart disease or had a heart attack was almost entirely men. So, on so I then so then so then there was there was a there was a tweet that was put out by someone uh, saying you know tell me about the biggest myths of uh, biggest myths you've heard about in terms of cardiac disease. I'm about to give this talk. And I kind of said, you know, 
I said, well, the biggest myth I've recently heard is that cardiovascular disease is a much bigger problem in <laughs> women than men. And then I had like a, you know, had a avalanche, as many avalanche, you know, as, as, as much of an avalanche as cardio Twitter is, a mini avalanche of folks kind of <laughs> jumping on and saying, that is wrong. That's ridiculous. Like, how can you say that? Like, you know, you must be joking. And, and one particular person um, put out a, a chart from the AHA that I actually had not seen before. It was, so, I mean, I was a little embarrassed. I was like, shoot, <laughs> I haven't seen this chart. And this <laughs> chart showed that it was from the AHA and it, and it uh, went from like the 1970s to now. And it looked at the numeric number of deaths. And it showed that for much of the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years or whatnot, there have been a ton more women that are dying of heart disease than men. And the moment I saw that, I mean, when I saw that, I was like, there, that, there's got to be something there's got to be something wrong there. So, so I looked in, so, I, you know, the year 2000, I looked in the year 2000 where it was the biggest gap between men dying and women dying and in women dying. I think, um, there were like 510,000 women that died in the year 2000 of heart disease. And there were 430,000, uh, or so men that died, right? That's a, that's a big gap. It's 80,000 more women dying of heart disease than men in the year 2000. So I went to the, the same source that the chart had, uh, which is the CDC Wonder database, and I and I, you know, downloaded uh, the data, and I had them separated by ten-year uh, ranges, so you know, ten to twenty, ten to twenty, twenty to thirty, thirty to forty, and it gave me the total number of males, total number of females, and then in those age ranges, the number of women that had died, the number of men that had died, and what I, you know, and that told the story. Meaning, it, this happens all the time where you know, you're, you hear things about what the world is, what the world is supposed to be, and then you have your own experiences. And sometimes your own experiences are wrong, right? I mean, you, you know, you're just one, one person right. running around and, you know, it's, it's anecdotes versus, you know, basically big data. And, but it was just, you know, the men and women thing. It was so astoundingly different in terms of what my personal experiences were and what I was seeing on the chart that, I just knew there was something that had to be off. And, and of course, the chart shows that. So the chart shows that in, at every age group you look at, and I'll just read it off, from, from the ages 20, this is in the year 2000, the ages 25 to 34, there were 2,435 male deaths and there were 1,490 female deaths. 35 to 44, 11,000 men died, 5,600 women died. So again, twice as many men than women. When you go to 45 to 54, 30,000 men died, only 13,000, no, I don't want to say only, 13,000 women died. 55 yeah. to 64, 51,000 women, men died, 26,000 women died. And it goes on and on. There are double the number of men that are dying at those age groups than there are women. So then, you know, you may ask, well, what the heck? How, I mean, how is it that there are more <laughs> women dying than men? Well, what happens is that once you get to the older ages, once you get over 75, suddenly... You know, there are now 175 to 84, 140,000 men died, and there are 154,000 women that died. So numerically now, finally, there are more women dying than men. But you can kind of get a sense of why that is. If you look at the total male population alive and the total female population alive, there are half as many men that are alive once you get to the age of 75 than there are women. So, <laughs> yeah. so basically, you know, everyone has to die of something. And so as you get older and older, yes, women ultimately may die of cardiovascular disease. Um, uh, but, it, it, you know, the, the, the reason the numbers look so different is because there's a major gap once you get to the older ages 
in large part because all the men have died off already. <laughs> so yeah, right. It's kind of morbid yeah. dark humor, but um, but that's where you get. So soon, you know, when you get to eighty-five plus, there are two hundred thirty-seven thousand women that died and one hundred and three thousand men that died. So, you know, so yes, you know, cardiovascular. Technically speaking, there are more female deaths than there are male deaths, but um, you know, I I, I I'd submit that. You know, in in that age group of thirty five to sixty five, it's 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 not even close. It's like you know, epidemic type of proportions. That in terms of how many more, that's uh, the wrong phrasing. It's just a, a you know, a, 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 not an epidemic. There's a many 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 more men than women that die. Uh, so so I wrote so I wrote this post and I sent it to Colette, which is you know now <laughs> somewhat of the alternative uh, view um, mindset. And uh, and you know they accepted it and, uh, and 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 you know a bunch of people read that post. Right, and and I mean you know I think just looking numerically, look at the chart as you were speaking too, and you with the amount of the male population who are eighty five and above, at least again year two thousand was I think one point two million it looks right. like, and for the women it was three million. So there were almost three times as many women, and they had twice a little over twice as many deaths. So even in right. that category, the the, the frequency of relative risk for right. cardiovascular death is still higher for men, even in the older age group, except there's not many of them left right. exactly. <laughs> compared to, to the women, exactly. right? That's why the chart is just so misleading. It's like, why would you... It, it, it's stunning to me that, that, that the AHA would put out that chart uh, because, I mean, it, this isn't rocket science. As anyone can look at that and, and see that there's many, many, many different ways to present that data that isn't, you know, just numerical deaths. The denominator matters. And then if you want to do, if you want, I mean, everyone knows that because of what I'm talking about, I've just kind of gone through <laughs> age, age decile by age decile, that what you use is what's called, when you're comparing mortality rates, you use, you use age-adjusted mortality rates. Age-adjusted mortality rates wait for exactly this. It waits for the number of folks that die per age group and for the and for the denominator that's left. But but yeah, you're right. you're absolutely right. Even though there are two hundred thirty-seven thousand uh, 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 you know women that died, which is one hundred thousand more, one hundred thirty thousand more than the men that died, it's still a lower rate. It's still a lower rate than uh, than the number of men that died because there's so many more women that are alive at the age of you know over eighty-five. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting how these things sort of happen because. I mean, ultimately, like you said, it's very important for people to recognize that there is a health risk, right? I mean, it's just like it's important to recognize there is breast cancer risks in men, right? Right, but I mean, yeah, there. I I can't remember what the exact percentage. I've heard ten percent, but I don't think that's really right. I think it's but it's some percent of breast cancer is men, probably like one or two percent. Um, but I and I just my personal experience in the um, in the operating rooms dealing with mastectomies and you know breast cancer it. I mean, you, you rarely see men. I mean, I've seen them, but it's right. dwarfed by the amount of women right. there. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not like prostates because clearly only men can right. have prostate cancer. But but when it comes to like a cabbage, like a open heart surgery, they're almost all men. I mean, not not all of them, but it again, it's not until right. someone's really old that they're you see the women arrive, and then sometimes they're not having the surgery because for other reasons, right? right? I mean, they don't. Uh, it, and so, it, like you said, the anecdotal evidence that we experience in everyday life is important. It can be misleading because you may just not have the right experiences, but this is, seems so obvious. I mean, it, it's, uh, it, it's funny though. I think at a couple of the fact that the women who you, you know, unofficially pulled, right. Uh, with your small sample right. size, they still, I mean, the message got through to them, which is very interesting, I think, yeah. because 
you would think a lot of these public, you know, PSAs don't really, you know, I don't think are very useful. Uh, but there is there is a propensity to have all these, I don't know, campaigns to promoting women's health issues, which I find interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's great that people are more aware of it, but I, there's, you know, breast cancer, there's heart disease, there's maternal, you know, um, maternal health too. And there doesn't seem to be a whole lot for men. I, I don't know what the reason for that is, but um, I, you know, I suspect that, well, I guess I don't know why. I mean, I, I, I could speculate, I suppose, but uh, I guess the notion, I guess the notion is, is that look, I mean, there's this strong narrative, which may have some truth to it. And that, that the health system is built and designed for men. And because of that, folks that it hasn't been designed for have done traditionally worse and have had worse mortality and and so therefore you know you don't have to necessarily you know so that's the power group or whatnot and you don't necessarily have to focus on the power group when you know when there are these neglected um you know neglected groups that are that are that are there um but uh, i don't know i mean i, I think it, it it just I mean, I'm I understand where that's coming from, but just the absolute numbers are just so so starkly different. I mean, it's like you know, it's 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 a, it's a yeah, it's just a remarkable thing to see how different how how the messaging kind of evolves around heart disease in men and women. So to the point where you know, and and by the way, there's like you know, there's some significant I had a, there was a patient who, you know, who a male patient, a younger patient, I think with congenital heart disease. And he was, he was a little offended. He was offended that, you know, he'd been through this pretty trying time as well. And he was like, where's, where exactly is, is uh, my month? I think he got a lot of responses mm -hmm. saying that, well, the other 11 months are your month or something like that. So anyway, <laughs> I, I just, you know, the, the thing is, I don't understand why, why do we need, what is the need? I, I really don't see the need to necessarily separated out that much i mean i think we just need to raise the specter of cardiovascular disease in general it's the biggest it's, yeah. it's number one or number two in terms of the killer of men and women in the prime of their lives and we need to figure out what the best way to try to treat it is i uh, you know so hopefully i mean i'd like that as a better message than some of the playing up of one versus the other and and you know implicit in a lot of those things i have to say is implicit in a lot of the things that people say is that the reason, you know, that women, it basically, they have to sell a narrative of women are doing much worse to kind of build this arc or build this house of the health system is biased against women. And therefore, yeah. this is why this is happening. So therefore, we need change. And that change is, you know, you know, whatever pet project somebody is doing, you know, we need funding for a yeah, health, right, right. You know, X, X, Y, and Z, or women. We need a women's institute for heart disease. Blah, blah, blah. So, do you, uh, yeah, and that's that's interesting too, thing uh, to to I guess examine because you know, it, when you have these months that are built designed to raise awareness, it's the, the assumption is that there's not awareness of whatever it is, um, and that that there's someone who is not necessarily going to profit from it, but they may profit professionally or financially from it because they may have some, you know, they may be selling some product. Or they're going to raise their profile on the stage, like you know, the AHA may say, "Well, it's kind of this is be a way of sort of raising awareness of our existence and our right. importance right. in the health debate." So, 
And if we just come out and say, women have health, uh, have heart disease, they have different symptoms. I think we learned that sort of medical school in general, you know, they have different symptoms sometimes than a, than a man, man who's having a, um, a heart attack or something, for instance. Uh, but instead of just having that as the message and saying, you know, these are the things you want to watch for, you know, women have heart attacks too, that, you know, just like men, the ages older, whatever, but they feel like I don't just have to sensationalize it in order to get attention, but it, it will then distort not only, you know, patients coming in and having worry about things that maybe they shouldn't be, but I think, and some of it probably affects treatment too, right? I mean, I think you touched on it a little bit because the treatment is not going to be the same for a man and a woman uh, because the relative risk is different, right? I mean, you don't, you're not going to treat someone and, and make sure they wear a helmet all the time if they're just walking around. But if they're like riding a motorcycle, they should be wearing a helmet, right? I mean, the relative risk is going to be different for these people. It's just like for the heart disease, a 30 year old woman who's having chest pain is very unlikely to be having a heart attack. Whereas an older, an older guy who's, you know, a guy in his thirties is much more likely to be having a heart attack. Yeah. You know, I think, I think it seems silly to throw away that information when you're trying to assess some, uh, trying to figure out if somebody has, you know, heart disease or not, that, that is uh, important enough to, important enough to be, uh, important enough to be worked up some more you know part of the issue is and by the way that you know this atypical women presenting atypically i mean if you you know if you look at the if you look at a at least you know a meta-analysis that accumulated accumulated a uh, you know a large number of folks and put it together it's you know women present uh 37 of the time without chest pain and men present 27 of the time without chest pain you know so again yeah yes there's a difference but does that does that really mean that any every woman say a 35 year woman with vague complaints um merits an extensive workup um i, I you know i i think we're going to be opening up pandora's box if we over test in in what's a low risk population like and i know i i guess that's politically incorrect to say that female gender lower, lowers your risk of this being, you know, a significant cardiac event, but you know, it does. Look, I get it. You have to individualize to the patient. You know, there are thirty-year-old women that have spontaneous coronary artery dissection. They have, you know, they have, they can have heart attacks. They can have, all, all, you know, severe heart failure. I mean, I, I get it and I understand. But in general, what 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 somebody has given us is this beautiful little factor that we can use to adjust our pretest probability when when trying to decide whether or not to work somebody up further or decide on how exactly to proceed. And I don't know that it makes sense to necessarily throw that information away. And I, I showed the example, right? I mean, <laughs> we have we have what's called a, a ASCVD risk calculator to try to help as, you know, ASM, uh, folks with, um, to, to basically to try to divide, uh, decide on tenure, your 10 year risk. And based on what your 10 year risk of having a cardiac event is, we then use that information to decide whether or not to put somebody on a statin or not, for instance, right? That's guidelines. That's, you know, and if you punch, if you punch the exact same person in to the ASCVD risk calculator, um, you know, same blood pressures, same weight, same, sorry, same you know, smoking status, et cetera. Um, you know, uh, being a man or woman kind of <laughs> doubles, you know, if you're, if you're a man, it doubles your risk of having a cardiac event within the next 10 years. So, this isn't some massive departure from what we already know and from what's already incorporated into a lot of different algorithms, given, you know, the numbers that we've kind of already discussed. So, 
so yeah i mean it 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 matters and and i think i really think the message is not we should be messaging more appropriately to avoid doing harm to folks yeah and i i worry sometimes because i i feel like the political agendas will sometimes drive science to a point where it's it's going to cause outcomes that we don't want and and i I don't know. Do you think the medical students and residents are are influenced by these sorts of Abs- you know uh, movements? Absolutely. I I, I listened to um, right before I I was I was in the middle of drafting this that post that I sent to Colette on you know the gender gap in heart disease, and I I happened on a podcast, a cur- the Curbsiders podcast, uh, which is a great podcast, internal medicine podcast. I think it's done by some uh, inter- internists and they brought in a expert on women's cardiovascular disease on to talk about the gender gap. Right. And, you know, I mean, you know, essentially, I, you know, the, the, the message was, yeah, you have to be really careful and you have to, you know, you have to be, um, you know, women presenting typically and, and you have to be very uh, attuned and have your antenna up. Uh, for when women uh, present, I mean, uh, you know, and and of course, I don't know that you know the, the folks who are doing the interview kind of. I guess I would have had a couple more pointed questions of of her in terms of well, what exactly are you suggesting I do with a thirty five year old yeah. woman with atypical chest pain who's in my office? Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff mentioned that was kind of you know hand waving type. Well, there's you know there's a higher rate of you know because of course there's all this stuff about, you know, well, the women don't have as much epicardial coronary disease and it could be microvascular and could be, uh, you know, they could have higher rates of microvascular dysfunction. It's like, okay, uh, does that mean that every 35-year-old woman who has atypical symptoms should get what to look for microvascular spasm? Uh, a cardiac PET, um, a cardiac MRI. I mean, you know, this is, it. it, it it's, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, I don't quite, <laughs> I don't quite understand practically what's one doing, and what's left out, you know, in that entire podcast um, was the underlying fact that, you know, that women who, you know, women and cardiovascular disease is a much, much of a, is certainly much more benign compared relative to men who present with disease. So. I think that's an important point to consider um, when you're trying to consider any therapies because the question to us always is, well, how will my therapies necessarily change your natural history? Um, and, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm somewhat dubious about how that, how that may be. You definitely worry about how it may change your, um, your approach to treatment because, I mean, I, your partner, Dr. God, certainly talks about population health and treating people uh, as populations versus the individual. But, I mean, you take the relative risks of, of every factor that someone has, whether they've got diabetes or they don't have diabetes, right? Whether, whether they're overweight or they're not, mm-hmm. their age. And to throw out, and you worry about at some point if a, an important determinant of your risk for some sort of disease is sex, if you just throw that out, you're, you're just doing a disservice to lots of people. You're either unnecessarily treating them or you're maybe under-treating people because or you know that would have gone into the calculation. And you almost, you worry that people are going to start using, uh, I don't want to say political correctness, but sort of a concern about, diff- about treating people differently. 
and and that that suddenly affects what would maybe the best you know the most optimal tr- treatment for them yeah and, and yes absolutely and and, and the, but the but the, the amazing thing is the entire evidence base there is so is really much much softer than what folks are leading on to be like you know there's this chart that runs around about you know even women with atypical chest pain have a much worse prognosis than women um it comes from the Women's Ischemia Syndrome Evaluation Study, the WISE study. Uh, cardiologists have the, have the greatest acronyms for all their studies, right? And it, and it says <laughs> we should go to Congress. I know, I know. And it shows this nice chart that, by you know, regardless of age, um, women that present with atypical symptoms uh, are, are worse. Uh, and you know, the question is, well, worse relative to what? It's well, worse relative to uh, uh, so even somebody who has symptoms with mild coronary disease, they have a five-year cardiovascular event rate of like 15%, right? If you're less than 48 and you have symptoms and you have mild coronary disease seen on, I mean, non-obstructive, mild coronary disease found on whatever testing you do, your rate of having a cardiovascular event in five years is 15%. Now, any cardiologist that looks at that says, holy crap, that is crazy, right? Um, Where does that come from? So then you find, if 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 you go into the study, and you, and you look at the study, they, the reason that cardi, the cardiovascular event rate is that high is was cardiovascular event, event rate included, it was a composite endpoint that included MI, hospitalization heart failure, and stroke and death due to CV, uh, death due to cardiovascular disease. And it's basically driven, that, that composite endpoint is, isn't driven by MI. The MI rate was no, no, not significantly different. Uh, it was driven by hospitalizations for heart failure. Right. And, and again, okay. the folks, you know, the, the comparative, it's a small, relatively small study, you know, to uh, the subgroup analysis is a small 200 to 300 patients. So either, I mean, there are, I, I can think of a plausible way that can happen. You, you know, you can have women have more, you know, they don't have epicardial obstructive disease. They have this microvascular dysfunction and therefore they're presenting more with heart failure. Or it could be the fact that, you know, women that continue, continue, to, you know, that present to emergency departments or to doctors with with symptoms have a higher rate of hospitalizations and you know they may have a higher rate of hospitalization for a heart failure syndrome meaning or it could be or because the numbers are very small it could be spurious but you know that that that's the soft tenuous link right nobody knows exactly yeah. how this is happening but you can hand wave some explanations and say well that must be what's going on we don't do we don't make these type of tenuous hand waving links anywhere else. I mean, if pharma tried to make this type of tenuous link and tried to sell some product based on that, I mean, they would get yeah. ripped to shreds, right? But yet, because this is, you know, this is, this fits some type of narrative that is appealing, which is that, oh my goodness, you know, these, you know, women showing up are at much, much higher risk and, you know, we shouldn't ignore women because, you know, apparently the health system has been ignoring women left and right. Um, you know, we need to fix this and therefore fixing this requires aggressive workups of everyone because, you know, don't, don't blow off this, don't blow off, uh, uh, women, uh, that, 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 you know, that can certainly have an outcome here that is not good. So the point is, is that yes, it may be the case that women are being worked up less than women. Yes. Maybe the case that they're, that they're taking, they may be even be taking longer to get X, Y, and Z therapy, but it may be because women, <laughs> Women have, I mean, they may be getting worked up less because they should be getting worked up less. You know, right. it may not be a exactly. function of yeah. some massive implicit uh, uh, bias that we all run around with. So, anyway.
Yeah, there are there are all kinds of situations where you where you know it's the the classic you know ca- causality and causation you know the causation and correlation is not necessarily yeah match right. where where you have a you can you can imagine for instance I know one of the things mentioned in that study was that or at least one of the data points you gave was the fact that women tend to have it takes longer for them to either on presentation to actually to treatment uh, and there are all kinds of possibilities for that one, you know, one they they tend to be more alone because maybe they're older and they've, their spouse already died. <laughs> uh, it could be that women don't complain as much as men when it comes right. to certain types of pain right. and when men are just kind of wimpier. I mean, I it could be a cultural difference. There's, there's so many different possibilities. It's, it's, it's easy to kind of just to assume one thing and it's, and it's not necessarily the case. One of the, um, one of the interesting things was that, you know, there's this, there's this, um, in a couple of studies, there's been a delay of uh, symptom onset to, you know, activation of the healthcare system for folks that are having, you know, acute cardiac issues. And one of the reasons for it is that, you know, there, there are a lot more women that are alone, right? So when they have an issue, guess what? There's nobody, there's no other partner to be, you know, um, you know, kind of, Right, uh, uh, pushing that button to kind of uh, uh, making that call, sorry, to EMS or whoever to kind of get help to their partner. Um, so, you know, if we kept more men alive, <laughs> we would, <laughs> right. we would uh, you know, and, and, and less women over the age of 85 were alone, um, we would perhaps, you know, uh, reduce the, uh, the, the, this, this, this gap, this delay that's seen. Right. Well, yeah, are there, are there other instances you can think of that where you see this sort of where you see I I hate to call it propaganda but where you where you definitely see this this narrative that being pushed uh, that may not be really what it seems to be in medicine. Yeah. yeah. Do you see it a lot? I mean, do you, get, do you see it a lot in uh, in I mean, do do you see do you see any of this in in, in anesthesia? anesthesia? Uh no. I mean, I think you know when I when I see I mean, the things I see are, you know, the incidence of surgery and, and the, th- the global things that I'll notice are um, your likelihood of having to have surgery based on uh, your weight, uh, based on your other uh, comorbidities, like if you have diabetes. Uh, and then it, certain surgeries, obviously, like, you know, ACLs. I, I, actually, one of the things I've been asking about recently, which is very interesting, is I ask girls who come in who play soccer, uh, high school kids. Or, or women in their 20s who either just recently stopped playing soccer. They get tons of ACL injuries because it's fairly well known that women get ACL injuries much easier than, more easily than men uh, in the rate of participation in, in like soccer. And they have, and women have get concussions much more frequently too. And so I'll ask these girls and they, I mean, if the ones who played soccer, like how many concussions do you have? And they almost all, almost all say, you know, one or two or three, which is really pretty remarkable because no one ever talks about women get concussions in soccer. Right. So it's very, it's very interesting that you have these sort of disparities in what's popular culture. Cause everyone says, Oh, well concussions, that's boys football. Right. And I don't think there's any question that there's number one concussions for high school athletics, but number two is probably women's soccer or girls soccer, but no one ever talks about that, which I find interesting, but whatever. Um, but, uh, and as far as, I don't, I guess I don't, other side from that, I don't notice any yeah. differences like in medication dosing and things like that. I mean, obviously women are smaller than men, yeah. so there's that <laughs> difference, but I think overall, I don't, 
I don't see these. I don't deal with it much, except to say that when you look at significant cardiovascular disease, it's far more prevalent in men than women yeah. uh, until you hit the elderly. And even then, it's. I mean, I. I still. It doesn't seem as bad in women. I mean, I. I see more valvular disease and things like right. that in women, maybe, like aerosinosis and uh, things like that. But. I. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's that would be my that would be my anecdotal answer of, after of you know the thousands of people I've taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's just it's just, it, it, it's an interesting display of of I think. Uh, there are there's certainly folks that have a definite interest in playing up, play, you know, playing this up, and um, and you know, and it's, it has nothing to do with the pharmaceutical industry. It doesn't have anything to do with really not not necessarily direct financial conflicts of interest, but you know, it's a nice example I think of you know ideological ideological COI, and I mean, yeah, um, certainly. Yeah, but anyhow, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, yeah, and, and I, I mean. I mean, there are, and, and this, what I talked about in terms of the little poll I ran at, at the at the family barbecue, it's you know you can you know you know, I've I've asked a couple of residents that I've had on service with me, and it's it's all and they say almost the exact same thing. It's like no, I think women, I think women, uh, the cardiovascular disease, it's much more. Then I asked them, I was like, just think back to your CC irritation and think back to you know when you're right. It's like, is it mostly men or women? They're like, oh, men. <laughs> <laughs> That's, so the other, you know, it's just, it's it's such an interesting, you know, we're moving to this world of big data and the big data will tell you what's real and what's not. And, you know, you with your little experiences, like what the heck do you know, like listen to big data and we've got to be really, really careful of abandoning our experiences. I think, you know, I think yes. it not be a bad idea to hold on to our priors, uh, you know, or at least I, I should say, uh, at least look a little deeper before we abandon our priors. Yeah, right. And I think I think that's the important thing when you come when you have data, especially data that seems to contradict uh, a worldview that d- doesn't make sense to you. Right. I, certainly, there are there are opportunities when, for data to conflict with our experiences that show that we were yeah. misinterpreting the world or not seeing things right. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the the skeptical nature of you know not only just as being as a physician, but basically as being any citizen, right? right? You People present all sorts of data, all sorts of facts and figures, and you're like, eh, that one I don't quite buy, or I do. Uh, and then to, to see, is it just because it's, is it being conflated for some, you know, political agenda or financial interest or whatever? There could just be, you know, some other, you know, goal that's, right. that's uh, you know, someone's aunt died of this and they want to make sure everybody knows about it or whatever. Right. Um, it's not always nefarious. And, and I think it's important too, obviously, especially like when we're talking about the heart disease. I mean, it is it is the num- it is without a doubt still the number two killer, right, for women. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and so that's a fact, and you just you just have to recognize and be yeah. more skeptical you know, of the reasons and yeah. all those things. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's the number one killer, a uh, number two killer. Sorry, in age group thirty five to sixty four, still still number one killer overall. But one of the interesting, one of the other interesting things that I didn't get into the article is that over. You know, when you look at veracity, the, the the way that CDC, you know, says what you died with, how, how that database gets filled up is by death certificates. And debt certificates, um, you and I know how they get filled out. It's certainly in hospitals, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you know, the the default diagnosis a lot of times is cardiac deaths, right? So, yeah, you can think right. about the fact that once you get to over 80, once you get to over eighty five, and you know, folks are dying in nursing homes or at homes, and EMT, you know, EMTs fill that stuff out, right? Um, and that is mm-hmm. the default diagnosis. And there's been, you know, there's been 
nice little data from somewhere in California, UCLA, or I forget where, that 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 showed that, you know, when you actually compare, you know, uh, uh, you know, death by autopsy to what's filled out on death certificate, there's a fair amount of inaccuracy. And my bet is is that that inaccuracy gets a lot worse as you get older because how many folks over the age of 85 who are found dead at home are necessarily getting autopsies, right? So, so yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so. <laughs> So, I mean, I would venture to bet that, uh, you know, uh, that, 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 that number, right, this, this cardiovascular death number uh, is probably not, not that accurate once you get over 85, which, which, present, which, which, of course, changes everything in terms of what we're talking about as well, right? Well, ultimately, and, and I think it's important too, and I think the, the lay public would know this, but if you think about it, it makes sense. There's so many times you have someone, what did they die of? And they, well, they died of old age. Like you talk to lots right. of patients whose, you know, grandfather, great grandfather died, whatever, and they just know the other heard stories. And I think in many ways that's probably true. It's an accurate statement, much more so than you died of a heart attack or right. something that someone just keeled over right. or they died in their sleep. Right. And what, which organ was it that was contributing to the, the, the death and the heart did stop, but we don't know the, the sequence of events and even people who are in the ICU, we don't necessarily know what it was. Was it the kidney failing that eventually led to, you know, electrical disturbance or a electrolyte disturbance, which caused, you know, some heart problem like a dysrhythmia and then they die. I, there's so many different factors that could be go into it that it's the default. Like you said, it's just, well, the heart stopped. And that's, that's when clearly everybody understands when the heart stops, that's the, you know, it's either that or like you stop breathing. And <laughs> those are like clear designations of, of, uh, of death. For, right, for everybody, right. where it may have been something entirely different that was what ultimately led to death, but it wasn't until the heart stopped that we said, okay, I guess now right. the person's deceased. <laughs> right, exactly. So, well, the, these are the many mysteries of the world <laughs> that we're not going to certainly solve now, but it's it's definitely very worth interesting. It's worth thinking about because um, a lot of times we're told things and, you know, they're not always the case <laughs> or not maybe the way we think they are. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and... Um, I really enjoy the Cod and Coco Report. I, if you are not subscribed to that show, and I'm obviously not talking to you, but everyone else, make sure you do. Uh, Michelle Cod, who is a flamethrowing uh, <laughs> individualist, and then you're the voice of moderation. Uh, you must feel like a, a centrist, uh, or, or much, much less, much more so. Uh, absolutely, but, on that show. Yeah, but as Michelle likes to say, he, he's the North Star. Somebody's got to be the North Star. <laughs> <laughs> he's and. He, yeah, he's, it's a great show, and I really appreciate you being on. And where would people find you if they want to follow you on Twitter? Uh, thanks. It's it's thanks for having me on. Um, the, the Paradox is a great show. Um, we've had some oh, we've had some wonderful episodes. Um, at, at Anish A N I S H underscore Koka K O K A um, on Twitter um, is uh, where I can be uh, found frequently. <laughs> yep, plenty of writing, plenty of things that you're digging your nose into, and I appreciate it. And uh, and uh, well. Again, thanks so much for being on, and uh, we'll hear from you later. All right. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to The Paradox. If you like what The Doc is doing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And share the show with your friends. Become a supporting listener to get access to special bonuses at patreon.com forward slash theparadox. Show notes can be found at theparadox.com.